0: Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices, Past and Present. Brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, www.ihconvention.com. Today's sermon is by Richard Grimion, and it was preached back in 1987. He titles it, Twice Touched. I know you'll enjoy this excellent message. The Gospel of St. Mark. The 8th chapter, begin reading in verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored. And he saw every man clearly. Blessed Jesus, we thank thee for the account of this great miracle. We believe you want to perform miracles in lives in this very meeting. And we realize, Lord, that it is a trick of Satan to get people to hide behind a dead, dry profession that doesn't amount to anything that really is not blessing or satisfying them. And we want to ask you from the very outset of this lesson tonight, ere the benediction is pronounced, that the Spirit of God will abide with us You will speak in search to the very hearts that are in need. Touch our own stammering tongue. Come with that holy divine enablement that comes only from heaven. And we're leaning on thee just now. It's so good to fellowship in your presence. I want to thank you, Lord, for not leaving us alone. But service after service, you've been with us. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to know again right now, blessed Lord, you're welcome. You're welcome to abide. We know not all we should say, but we ask you to direct us. And those who have ears to hear, may they hear what the Spirit has to say. Oh God, let this be the beginning of revival. our hearts yearn for revival, how we yearn for God the Holy Ghost to take charge. Shove us aside and may the name of Jesus be exalted and we will give thee the glory and the honor in Jesus name. Amen. I want to use for a text tonight, I want to use all these verses but after he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and he saw every man, he saw every man, he saw every man clearly. I want to talk about being twice touched by the master. He's the Lord of the second touch. We have a very unique narrative among the miracles here, unique in its brevity. It is a miracle on the installment plan. It's built around the second touch. Unlike many other miracles that just took a word, incidentally, that's all it takes, just the word, just the word. God doesn't have to draw anything out for long, but uh, he's sovereign and he can do it any way he wants to do it. And so, unlike any other miracle that took just a word, this miracle at first seemed to be incomplete. And for a short time, here's a man who is not quite seeing or quite hearing. And i remind you that we have only a few of the many miracles that Jesus performed on record. Uh, most of these, few that we know about, illustrate soul redemption. And we're all aware of spiritual soul blindness. I've heard men say that this particular miracle illustrates the two works of grace. I will surprise you tonight to tell you that theologically I will not enter into that area just alone. I may touch on it. It can be said that many people have been touched and mistaken a touch for a takeover. I want you to hear me tonight. I realize that God has already been moving in this place, but I don't want any of you to be in that group who have been mistaken and said, "Will he touch me? Feel a lot better." He's touched me. That's true, Brother Graham. I I, I know he's touched me, but don't you mistake a touch for a takeover. You see what we're after. And what we're really, our goal is and what our need is is for the sovereign, eternal, unchangeable God to totally take over the total you. You need more than just a little touch to feel better during this meeting. You need more than just to get the tires pumped up so you can run pretty good here this meeting and then run on flat tires the rest of the semester. We don't need you to get to run flat next week. We don't need you by in about two weeks time to be flat on the bottom again. We need a takeover. Amen? Amen. Come on. Can you say amen? amen? Or oh me. However you want to say it. Personalize it. Don't say amen for my benefit. Say it for your benefit. Amen, Lord. I want to take over. I don't want to. Dally around in the fringe areas. I don't want to play in the shadows. I want to take over. Many people have come down the aisle weeping. Maybe over the fact that sin didn't work out for them. But they've never repented of sin and were changed. And Much of modern Christendom tonight is asking people to make a decision. Join a church. Be baptized. But other than that, go on about their business. And these people go on Lost. And much and most of the church world today is doing nothing more, pardon me, but this is the way I feel it, is doing nothing more than promoting rank heathenism in our country. Leaving people bound in their sins. Tell them they got to sin every day in word, thought, and deed. Never demanding any sort of separation from the world, from its folly and from its fads. No demand of distinction. The God of this Bible demands distinction for those who would take the narrow way way of separation. He doesn't ask for us to blend in. He asks us to stand out. Glory be to God. But there's a part of the body of Christ, it seems, who do not have a clear vision, who see only partially, not clear enough to be clear in sight and are blind enough to be totally blind. And I, I want you to hear me tonight, nobody ought to have to live like that. I see, preacher, but I don't see good. I see I see good enough to not be legally blind, but I'm blind enough to not say I see real good. Blessed quietness. Holy quietness. Ah, you know what I'm talking about. I have tried to during the time that I'm here, under the leadership of the Spirit of God, to touch on what I think is the major need of the wholeness movement in our day. I think one of the greatest needs is for us to come back and start focusing on the wonderful grace of Jesus. We focus on the external so long till we've almost forgot the greatest commodity we have, the wonderful grace of Jesus. I've tried to get us to focus on the fact of what real salvation is all about. It's not just know-so, it's show-so also. And if you don't show it, there's no need to a so holler, you know it. We've tried to do that. I think I'm on another uh, strain of thought here tonight, vein of thinking here that I believe is one of the major problems of the wholeness movement. I want you to hear me closely. Here's a man, he's got a problem. I see, but I don't see clearly. God never intended for any of you to remain or to live in partial confusion. In fear or having to say, I see, oh yeah, I see, but I don't see like I ought to see. And I don't see like God wants me to see. And I don't see the way Jesus intended for me to see. Now there is, I want you to get this, this isn't any big high powered, highfalutin sermon. I heard Van Savner one time tell about a highfalutin preacher. He said there was a highfalutin man came that was about seven foot tall, came walking down the street one day blowing a flute, and we call that highfalutin. Well, I'm not sort of, I'm not highfalutin, but I want to get right down and tell you tonight, listen, it is important and yet I know it will be tragic. Right last night, Father God, the Holy Ghost was troubling the waters and people were moving out. People were getting into new liberty that they knew God wanted them to get into. People were determined to step into freedom that they knew the Spirit of God was nudging them into. Now listen, he's still here tonight to help us. And I want to tell you this. It is important that this revival did not come to an end and you still off here in some kind of a... Problem. How long has it been since you had your glasses changed, spiritually speaking? How long has it been since you really let Dr. Jesus give you a thorough examination? Do you think that you see tonight the way Jesus intended for you to see? You know where I find a lot of people in the oldest churches, Dr. Brown? I see a lot of them seeing through somebody else's eyes. I mean grown people. I mean people don't know better. I mean people 50, 60, 70 years old who are seeing through the eyes of other people. That's why the heart cries so great for revival. That's why we need revival so much. And it's important that we begin to cry out that... Oh, that this student body collectively, 100%, and I'm going to just be real foolish and say 100%. I know it'll never be 100%. There's some of you that are going to hide in the shadows through this whole time, not only this revival but any revival, the camp meeting. You're going to play your way through this whole time here in this church, in this, in this uh, great institution of learning, with all of its great heritage, with all the great ones, it means nothing. You're going to take the cheap discount route, and you're not going to come clean. But there's enough of you here tonight. Blessed be God, I'm going to be faithful. The Holy Ghost is going to be faithful. This man is going to be faithful. There's a way for you to get out of confusion and blindness and you can get to the place where you see just like Jesus wants you to see. No doubt there have been times when we all have caught ourselves looking wrongly at an event. We're human. Misjudging wrongly because some brother or sister wrongly analyzing some situation we find ourselves in and we speak not having seen and we judge not having all the evidence and quite frankly I want to tell you God did not plan it this way that's why it would to have a good reverse gear and just back up and say well I know I took that stand and I know I said that about them but I didn't see them right come on Bear with me as I try to address this matter, a matter or two. I think it's possible, Brother Miller, I think it's possible for a whole denomination to be blind or to be half blind. So many are. When it comes to deliverance from sin, when it comes to separation from the world, when it comes to true wholeness, the average denomination in America tonight is scared to death of true wholeness. Now think with me, I can't, you can't, we can't turn all these big denominations around. Most of them tonight are already apostate. But what about us? Wherein are we blinded? And wherein is our vision impaired? It's possible for a local church, the very church that I pastor, it's possible for a local church to be half blind And I might as well say it, but in our ranks it's so easy for a segment of the body not to see well. A lack of vision is so evident tonight. A lack of vision of the harvest fields that are so ripe. A lack of financial liberality in a number of cases in every area. Why is it they don't see well? They're half blind. And I want to underline it with this and tell you that it's possible for God's Bible school to go blind its vision for its mission to go blind in its vision for a lost and a dying world to the president uh, we can't accuse the president of being blind with the burden that he carries the prayer and the fasting the vision that he has but his heart is breaking tonight and the big burden is if only more people could get the vision while we fussed about so many externals And while we've determined we're going to stand against certain things, we have become half-blind in so many areas. You know the one hope of this thing, don't you? You know the one thing that's going to perpetuate this thing is to see like Jesus intended to see. And when God's Bible school loses the original vision, and when it loses that vision that was once given, the man that found it's been handed on down to this good hour. I was talking to Brother Spriggs last night at the rear, and uh, we were shouting, and people were praising God, and people were crying out to God. And it was a beautiful scene. He said, I was here 30 years ago, and the same thing was going on 30 years ago. I say, Glory to God! Why there is no vision? It falls apart. They perish, people perish, and the whole institution decays, and it's put up for sale, and it's used for other things. I tell you, it's possible, even for an institution of learning that was dedicated to God. We talked today, Brother Jewett said, that the deed down in the courthouse, this whole thing, nobody belongs, to it belongs to God. Isn't that Wonderful. Say tonight, we can talk about those type of things and still go blind. The only hope tonight we have is we will pray, oh, Jesus, Jesus, where is the healer? Come touch my eyes. Come touch me. I've got to have another touch. I know I'm seeing, but I don't see like you want me to see. I wonder how many people here tonight if you were really put to the test and I'd ask you to fill out a little questionnaire and pass it out. Could you really write down, oh i said, well yeah I'd be even fair don't even sign your name. Could you really say under God that you really believe with all your heart you've got the clearest vision you've ever had and you really see like God wants you to see. I tell you before I came to this service tonight, I thought, oh my God, help me to see this thing the way you want me to see it. Help me to see this student body. Help me to see the faculty. Help me to see this whole thing of revival this week. Help me to see it the way God wants me to see it. God help us. I talked with, the, there he is. I talked with Brother Hyde. I'm so thrilled to see all how God's using the work, the stacks of Bibles just pass out every week, the converts every week. But it's evident as I listen, there's need for workers in the jails, in the missions, there's needs. But there's not too big of a vision. I came here to get an education. I came here to take homiletics. I came here to learn how to preach. I came here to learn how to, well, to get a degree. I'm not so sure the girls want the boys to quit coming over there and wash. I'm not so sure the boys want to quit going over there, you know. I don't know about this big project upstairs. Uh, that could be a little blindness on the president's part there, for all we know. But uh, that's a little bit, de- I'll stay off. That's none of my business. It's a good place to get This is a good place to meet your, you know, your mate. I, that's, I, I won't knock that. I want to tell you something. There's a world that's perishing out there. That's a world that's dying out there. And if you ever amount to anything for the Lord Jesus Christ, your one hope is for Jesus to touch your eyes, to touch your spiritual eyesight that you can get to see and like God wants you to see. Well, what I must hurry, what does this condition imply what are the characteristics the ramifications of this condition both in the blind man and our blindness today for a fact I believe we're all needy I hope I wouldn't hear I, I wouldn't want to hear any of the faculty I wouldn't want to hear any of the older people around to say well this is revival; it's for the students we're all needy I begged him as I try to pastor and as I try to continue in my little meager ministry even here Tonight, this week, I've asked God, I want to see it the way you see it. Because I want to confess something openly tonight. I guess I've never confessed to a congregation, but I want to tell you, I've come to an age. I've been brought up. I thank God for my heritage. I heard some of the great men so many times. I heard Dr. Anderson over and over again and Fleming, and Raymond Browning and some of those great men back there. I heard tremendous preachers. I was so privileged to be brought up as a boy under those saintly, godly men. When T.M. Anderson walked to a pulpit, there was so much of God. He didn't have to say too much, but he said much. I remember the Sunday morning when Dr. Anderson began to pray just before he preached and he forgot all about where he was and he brought us right on into the vestibule of heaven and 45 minutes later with a thousand, over a thousand people crying and screaming and running to God and I saw the altar that big long altar lined on both sides and three and four deep all across that place and people shouting and screaming falling out under the power of God I saw it, I saw it I went back some years later I watched them plead for an hour and a half to get just one side of that same altar what happened? Already blind, half blind. I can't throw stones at them. I have no stones to throw at anybody. I don't want to lose the vision myself. And if I stoop to pick up a rock, I'm liable to go blind throwing rocks. Hear me tonight. Everybody here needs. We all are needy. We should cry out for the Lord to touch us. I wonder how many tonight would just say without saying, you could say amen, but don't raise your hand, but how many could say, Lord, I'm in the market for a miracle in my own life. I need it. I need that touch from God. Oh, I need something from God. And if I don't think I need it, I need it more than if I knew I needed it. I'm doubly blind, blind to the fact I'm blind. There are areas that we need a new touch from God. Well, how do you get cured of this? You can't cure yourself. You know that. Take in an extra camp meeting this summer. An extra revival. Read another book on revival. Or obtain more education. No, that will never make it. We need a touch from God. He's the only one that can do it. I think of this man. He comes to Bethsaida. They bring a blind man to him and besought him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand. Incidentally, he had already promised he wouldn't do anything in that town. He leads him out of town. I don't want to labor in all that area. You theologians know about that. I, I won't touch on that tonight, but he's kind of crude what the Lord did. He might be crude the way the Lord wants to do with you. You said, preacher. Well, if I understand anything now, there might be some Greek interpretation. There might be some other sort of translation, but the spit, spit to me, he just spit on his eyes. Well that's crude. That's Jesus too. You know I told you in a previous service that Jesus made people nervous because he was free to obey God the way God wanted him to obey and you'll always make people nervous when you start obeying the spirit of God and you've got to decide are you going to obey God or are you going to be bound to the nerves of somebody else? Amen. Well he spit in his eyes. And he put his hands on him and he asked him, do you see anything? Well, he said, yes. Oh. He got a touch. And he could only see light and movement. And uh, he knew that men were mobile and uh, trees were stable. And when the Lord asked him if he could see his best reference that he could say, uh, could think of was, well, I see men like trees. I see, I know men are supposed to move about, but they just, just look like trees to me. I, I can't tell the difference. The difference I can tell is in the movement. Now hear me. The clearest, I'm about to say something real important. I try to say it at least one important thing every message. Now get this closely. The clearest evidence of blindness is the inability to see men. you think this needs to be preached among us follow me and you say amen over and over again the clearest evidence of blindness is the inability to see men clearly I hear there's another verse that he says I counsel thee to come I've got some salve anoint thine eyes that holy ghost eye salve it's hey he hasn't run out of it (laughs) Oh, there's never been such a need for Holy Ghost ISAF as it is tonight in our time. But you can check your problem, your weakness. You can check a, a haunting situation in your life. Somewhere in it, it will be complicated and rendered more complex by the fact that you can't see whoever it is you're looking at like you ought to see. And you haven't seen them like they ought to be seen until you've gotten God's point of view. Churches have been split because the preacher did not see the crowd as he ought to see them. Churches have been split because there's one bale sheep that stands up and sees it all the way. And again and again, churches can stockpile big coffers of money because they don't see the need for a mission cause of, of supporting a school like this. They don't see, they don't see. And people can hoard great amounts of money, and they're heading to the judgment with great estates and great CDs and great bank accounts and all, such as never before in the history of mankind. People in America are going that way. While the millions are starving to death in Europe, but they don't see, they only see how they got to take care of themselves. I'm talking about homeless people who profess everything between the lid of the book, who take strong stands, they don't see anymore. I think there's a need, what I'm talking about tonight. I want you to remember Enoch, he walked with God. That wasn't just an activity. You've got to have an alignment of philosophy and fellowship. Not everybody can walk together. God said, two cannot walk together unless they to be agreed. You've got to get where God is. You've got to be willing to let go of your petty notions and your petty ideas and your little grievances and your little hard feelings and your own dumbness and your own blindness. You've got to be It's amazing. The older we get, the sillier we get, the little dumb things we hold on to that hinder us and keep us from being the soldier of the cross that we were designed to be when we first knelt at an altar prayer. Uh, incidentally I could say that the older you are the more subjected to blindness you are spiritually I know that may be true these glasses kind of mark me uh, I've passed 40 and uh, not everybody has to use them past 40 but uh, they pretty well mark you the, the lines are blurred I see everything clearly there but I can't see close here Listen, spiritually speaking, I find that the older folks in the churches today are losing that keen spiritual vision they once had. They want it to stay old fashioned. That's the basic thing. Just stay old fashioned. Don't get a TV and stay old fashioned. That's it. That's it, boys. That's all we got to worry about. Just stay old fashioned. I want to stay old fashioned. I don't want a television but I want to see the way Jesus intended for me to see as I go through this life only once and through this wicked world only once he, he saved me for a real reason he saved me and sanctified me for a real purpose not for me to just build my own little nest. who was it George Whitefield who said Lord he said yeah George Whitefield prayed when I build a nest, Lord, put a thorn in it. I want to tell you, under God tonight, He has been faithful to put a thorn in my nest again and again. I didn't pray that way. George did. Let George do it. And you don't have to pray that way if you surrender to him totally, if you die to self and surrender to the Christ of Calvary, he'll be faithful from time to time to put a thorn in your nest. Oh yes, he will. Oh, if God could only wake us up and give us revival this week, at least the beginning of it, until the scales would wipe from your eyes, and the Holy Ghost could anoint your eyes with eyes there, and you could begin to see what God really wants you to be and do for him to build his church in the 19th and the 20th century. The sad thing is, A great percentage of you are going to come through these corridors and you're going to graduate, but you're going to graduate half blind and you'll go out there and settle down and you'll never do what you were intended to do. You'll never answer the call the way he intended to be answered. You don't know how much depends on your obedience this week. Whether you're a senior or just a freshman. Or somewhere in between. Only God knows. Amen? Well, you've got to get where God is. Not only in position, but in disposition to walk with God. It's it's just not something that hits you on the top of the head today and you think, well, I'll give it a whirl. No, no. You'll have to do some things deliberately. Repentance is changing your mind about everything that you and God don't agree on. Amen. And listen, the last time I checked, God's not changing. He's not going to do any changing. No, there's no variableness or shadow of turning. And that means that a score of people need to do a lot of changing if they're going to walk with God. God delivers from a group that act a little strange on Sunday. Don't worry, they'll be all right on Monday. Oh, they seem to fit into both crowds, the church and the world. They know the language. They look holy enough, they can see, but they can't see clearly. It means that principles that have been viewed have not been internalized. I've made a move toward the Lord, but the move has not become a movement. They've made a step, but the step has not become a walk. I've changed some ideas, but they've not become a prevailing philosophy, which has ordered a difference in my lifestyle. Oh, hear me tonight. It's so easy to float along and not really, not really have your heart in this way. It can get so bad until someone can get to see and have a miracle of sight and the Holy Ghost touch them and it's like living in a home for the blind. Everybody resents the fellow that got healed. Amen. You're not welcome here. You're acting different from the rest of us. Cool it, calm it down. You'll go crazy over religion. Come on you let a student really get fired up in this revival you let the Holy Ghost really get a hold of him and rub his nose in that old altar or bury somewhere out here on this campus somewhere until God the Holy Ghost can wipe all the scales away and he gets set on fire oh he gets set aflame and chapel service after chapel service and class after class he's on fire with God the rest will begin to resent him who does he think he is? One guy I get to see real good. The rest of us half blind. We don't like it. We'd rather you to be blind with the rest of us. Amen. I don't need to, you to support me tonight on being on the right track. Uh, incidentally, I've checked in with the Lord. I, I believe I'm on the right track. I, I have that confidence. Sure, they're going to act strange. They've seen something. Oh, that old hymn. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It is sounded out. Oh, how we need to march again. The church militant instead of tied down like those Israelites were that time with Saul on the hilltop while the giant and their knees just knocked. And the giant did roar. And one little teenage boy by the name of David that had a vision. My God, he had a vision. Where are the Davids? Where are the kind of men that helped start this institution? You mean to tell me flesh and blood's different than the flesh and blood when this thing started? Not on your life. God hasn't changed. His, his His ability to make that holy Ghost I have has not run out in one little bit. It's how willing are you? How willing are you? How far will you go? Well, amen. That's why revival in a church causes a problem. You have the sighted living with the blind and the half-sighted who don't belong to the sighted or the blind. Do you see everything clearly? Are you looking through someone else's eyes tonight? You see everybody clearly? Is anybody bugging you? How about on that floor you you stay on? Let's come on home. Uh, let's see, my room's one hundred and three. What's your number? And right there in that number, where your room is, there it be the second, the third, the fourth, or whatever floor it is. That one girl, when she stands to sing, you know it's a big delight to preach in a church, and you start preaching. And people just kind of start looking down at the floor. You know something's wrong. Or the man, the woman, rolls her eyes up at the man. We're going to have revival. This faculty cannot be on the outside of the fringe, I promise you. You said you picked on us quite a bit. Going to do it till the last night. I want to tell you, there's no school going to rise above the faculty and its leadership. And if you're courting some little old petty stupidity about somebody in the faculty or somebody in the whole staff or something, you need a touch bad tonight. Amen. I don't think you are, but if you are, God knows you. I don't know you. I haven't heard, but God knows and if you young people think you're getting by and you can go through this and there's some old boy or there's some old girl, just you can't hardly stand them. How oh, did they put them up to sing again and again? Why did they let them have the And you just take the tuck kid and look down. You're in bad shape already. I don't know how many touches you're going to need but I want to tell you if you mean business and you'll come and let go and let God he's got enough touches available to get you on your feet and get you looking above everybody else and you can take a run. Talk about a little walk for Jesus. That was nice but God's got a lot more than that ready for you honey. He's got more than a little walk for you to do. He may put you to the far ends of the world but he can't do it if you just sort of half blind. You're just kind of that guy with that white cane. He's trying. He's feeling his way. Man You can't put him out on the firing line. He'd get shot down right away. Come on. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to quit when I get through. (laughs) Don't you watch the clock. That'll grieve the spirit in me too. I'm liable to come right down in front of you if I catch you doing it. Anybody bugging you? Oh, no, tonight. Well, how about when you grow up and get in a church somewhere? You know, you're married, you're the pastor's wife. It's real nice to have people that don't talk to you. Shun you, hurry up, beat it to the cloak, get the coat on right quick and run out to the car. Sit out there and wait for the husband to come. I'm not talking about the first church of the Frigidaire. I'm talking about these old-fashioned churches. Why we have so many stands and positions. Why we don't want to compromise. Why we don't mind living half blind the rest of our life. Just so we can say saved and sanctified. Can't see any further than the end of our nose. We don't have much vision for a lost and a dying world. Oh my God. I I heard that man from from Argentina, that businessman passing out Gideon Bibles. And he said, I saw the hands. Here's a Gideon man on his own money, his own time. And he said they were out there, hundreds, hundreds of hands. And Señor, please, please, Bible, please. Oh, he says, brothers and sisters, I have a vision for a, a Bible in all of those empty hands. The average pastor in the average homeless church don't have a vision too much for around the block it start. Well, part of the problem's right here in this old-fashioned Bible school. We've got to do more than be old-fashioned. We've got to come alive and quit playing games. We've got to let the Holy Ghost work us over and work us over and work us over and quit worrying about how many trips you've come if you're still half-blind. I don't care if you've been here a hundred times and professed everything we told you to profess. If you're still half-blind, you need to come on back. God forbid that you should walk out of these doors and graduate from here half blind. What an indictment against GBS. What an indictment against the Holy Ghost program. What an indictment and an awful hour that we live. Oh, God help us. You know why you've not seen him as God sees him? I want to tell you, we ought to pray for God to break our hearts over everything that breaks his heart. And we ought to be pleased over everything that pleases him and God help us to look at people. And uh, I don't mean about the Chinaman in China and the commies in Russia. I mean the people that are difficult with me in my life that I've got to deal with. My God, a lot of times I go to my, I have a little study, but uh, I go out into the church and a lot of times I get out. And uh, sometimes Monday morning, Tuesday morning, i call their names there are those that love me I know they do there's no question there are those that can't stand me I know they're there I know they're the mean ones that have said cutting things but they're all he died for them all he died for all and I pray oh God help me to see them the way you see them come on it doesn't matter where I'm pastoring this works anywhere we can get so tied up in this school till those dormitories that ought to be ringing with praises and prayer meetings where the missions ought to be full. Can you take me this Sunday morning, Brother Hyde? Brother Hyde, can you take me to the jail where you're the witness? Can you take me? We ought to be standing in line until he said, I got too many this Sunday, but I'll take you next Sunday no he can't get enough why because a m- big majority of you are professing all kind of stuff but you don't see you don't see clearly you say man I'm too busy I've got too much to do I've been too busy oh my god have mercy if you're that busy you're too blind already the busiest person on earth have, have the greatest vision they almost, I think of one of our former leaders, Brother Dot. He, he said, I hate to go to sleep. I could work so much and go so much, and we laughed at him and thought he was just crazy. But I understand more as the load gets heavier and the vision gets brighter and we know the time is getting shorter. Yes. Oh, this thing's on me tonight. I pray that somehow God, the Holy Ghost will put it on you. Oh, God help us. Amen. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of inner church holiness convention featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. Keep passing it on. Keep passing it, on. Keep passing it on.